Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry and of course this is my co-host. My name is Chris Uddleston. And today we are very excited to be talking to you about, when was this, 1990? 1990. The 1990 mega hit. Blockbuster of all blockbusters. Uh, Class of 1999. In 1998, six million violent incidents took place in American high schools, including 29,927 teacher fatalities. The public school system has been reduced to a battlefield. But the Board of Education has just found a solution. The perfect solution. You're next, Mr. Cope. For the class of 1999. Where are you? The class of 1999. These androids were supposed to educate the students. Battle droids, Miles. Battle droids. To graduate is to survive. So um, you may have noticed if you're watching these that we're not dropping the trailer in here just because of copyright baloney if we ever want to open this up for ads or whatever but uh if you're listening to this then you would have you would have heard the audio of the um trailer anyway uh let's keep moving forward here chris do you have a synopsis for us i do so this is loosely a sequel to a movie that we covered a few weeks ago called class of 1984 and it is the same director and his name is mark r mark l lester it stars Malcolm McDowell, Stacey Keach, Pam Greer, some other people that you probably don't know. And as he said, it's a 1990 film, and this is a synopsis. Three ex-military robots are programmed as teachers and secretly placed in a school where most students are part of organized gangs. They begin to respond violently to unruly students and their military training starts to take over. It's not yeah. exactly what happens, but... Sort of. And it's kind of spoiler alerts, um, but yeah, that's the movie. So neither of us had, had seen this previously. No. I didn't even know it existed until I was looking at IMDb at, at stuff for 1980 uh, class of 1984. And I was like, Oh my God, there's a sequel to this. Yeah. And, not, and keeps going. you know, spoiler, spoiler. If, if you haven't watched that other episode or listened to it, we liked class of 1984 and it's more or less a drama, you know, with some exploitation stuff in it. And this is a completely different kind of film. I yeah. thought, but, but go ahead. So it's a Terminator knockoff really. Yes. I mean, it's this guy is remaking his movie, like even further in the future schools are still a battle zone, but now we're going to put a bunch of Terminators in there. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much to talk about in this movie. Um, there's the music, which is so bad it's good. The there's, music I noticed uh, toward the end, even the music is ripping off Terminator. It's yes. that dun, 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 oh, yeah. dun, dun, at the end, you know, and it's like, wow, this is pretty blatant. No, this, yes, this was not uh, a series of accidents <laughs> and coincidences. <laughs> um, uh yeah you know it's a it's a wonderful trip back to that time we were in high school then so there's great hair and there's great costumes and 
um, you know, there's this, there's this great, terrible dialogue, all these one-liners, uh, the scene that I texted you about, it, one of the machines is coming after them and it has a flamethrower. And so they go into the, they go into the chemistry lab and they turn on all the Bunsen burners. And then uh, just as the thing is about to light them up, they squeak out of the room and it lights them up and the whole room just explodes in this flaming cataclysm. And he goes, uh, well, I guess I blew that class. <laughs> <laughs> it is full of that. Mm -hmm. um, it's full of that. Um, I, I think that my favorite part of this, though, was at the conceptual level, right? It's It starts off with this wordy explanation of like, you know, there are places that have gotten so bad, they're called And this free ominous fire voiceover. Yes. Uh, free fire zones where the police won't even go in there. It's so bad, you know, and it, they, I guess it's shot in Seattle or it's set in Seattle. It's like... Kennedy High is in the middle of a free fire zone where the gangs rule the streets and it draws this circle on a map around Kennedy High, which is more or less right in the middle of the free fire zone. So we, we end up on the streets with these kids. They're all high school age kids. They have fully automatic weapons, Molotov cocktails, rocket launchers, uh, grenades, you know, and switch Mad blades. Max cars. Exactly. Mad Max cars. Um, there are, it looks like Mogadishu. It, there's flaming blockades in the middle of the streets. And it is, it is, um, you know, so it's Black Hawk Down meets Escape from New York meets the Road Warrior. It's, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic mayhem. Now, this is 1999 as viewed from 1990. And the thing is, let me stop you just for one second. It's, it's not really post-apocalyptic because they show like the guy who's the main character that we'll get into yeah. his girlfriend. Exactly. She lives in a neighborhood that's just like yeah. a regular suburb. So it's just gangs just, have taken over the schools for whatever reasons and the police won't go there anymore. Just these free fire zones. And, and yet every morning they all go to school. So we, st we start is there's a kid, a kid, like a junior or maybe a senior getting out of prison. And they're like, mm -hmm. all right, now you've really done it. We're sending you back to school. <laughs> so he's gotta, he gets out and he does this sort of drive through. Oh, you can't go through there. The razor heads on that territory, Dan. He drives through with his buddies who come to pick up, I guess, his brothers or at least one of them is his younger brother. And uh, it's a it's a gauntlet like they almost get killed like these guys recognize who they are and they start shooting at them and throwing Molotov cocktails at them uh, and they're going to school like so they drive through this uh, this this hail of bullets and then they park their car and they get out and they lock the car and you know and there's other orderly cars parked and you know and everybody's like heading into school now they're they're doing they're like hey man it's razor heads forever man yeah i'll get you later man but they're all going through and then they go through metal detectors and their teachers who have come to school and they have class it, 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 i just love this concept that in a world where they literally flout every other conceivable law they all still agree to show up at school. You need to get an education. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> because, well, you can't defy the truancy. The police won't come here. 
but you don't want that truancy officer after you. They're gang members, but they're not monsters. I mean, they still believe in public education. So, so we meet the we meet the principal, and he has got Stacy Keach is a Doctor Forrest or whatever his name is with the greatest hair. It's the Snow White mullet with this long with a rat tail. tail. So people, younger people. So the rat tail is a hair style that hopefully is banished to history and never comes back. Like mullets have come back some, but the rat tail was a specific thing for when we were in like junior high school or something. And by 1990, it was gone. I don't know why they felt that in the future there would be a guy with a rat tail. I don't know. And spoiler alert, one of the things that, so Stacy Keach has this like white spiky hair and then the rat tail in the back. And then he has these white contacts. Right. And he looks like an alien or something. And or a nobody cyborg. else. And or a never, cyborg. I'm like, oh, he's a robot too, clearly. Exactly. No, nope. exactly. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he's nope. a robot. We're going to find out at the end. He's a robot too, but he's, he's not. 100% a robot. He's just a no, guy. He is not. He is not. But they a never robot. explain why he he's has just white a guy eyes. With white eyes and snow white hair and white hair and he's a black mustache jet black you know ronald reagan dye shoe polish black mustache and he is chewing up scenery stacy oh yes i mean my favorite part of the movie frankly yeah he was my favorite part of the movie um yeah i i don't want to cut too far ahead but i really really enjoyed this it's me too yeah. Awful. <laughs> it is just awful at every turn. And the lead they have who does a fine, he does fine. You commented that you thought it was like a, uh, a Corey Feldman. Yeah. Uh, he sounds like Corey Feldman. Yeah. In the lost boys. And I, I, sort I was of does like, this thing where it's like, he's holding his mouth. Oh, his lips really tight. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> was that a, a late eighties acting style or. I don't know, but I but I uh, I wondered if he sounded so much to me like Corey Feldman that I wondered if it like the part was written for Corey Feldman and they couldn't get him, so they, they got this guy, him. and they're just like just sound as much like Corey Feldman as he can, <laughs> you know. So it would get there, Corey Feldman's body uh, stand in. Maybe he'll do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we address the thing a little bit of. They still go to school. Why? I don't know. And what did the gang members get out of it? There's a scene early in the movie where the kids are in class and this one gang member guy kind of shakes a kid down for money. And I think he says like he needs to give him a hundred dollars or something like that. And the kid has 10 or 20 or something, but that's the only, And but why would the gang members not go around and take money from all the kids and then leave or go and, you know, get high or something. You know what I mean? Why are they going to class as well? I didn't understand that at all. Exactly. They're literally robbing people. And this isn't like, Hey, Mm. give me your lunch money. Right. It's like in class holding a knife to the kid's throat, being like, give me empty your wallet. So it's a mugging in class. And they're like, knock it off. You two mamas. All right. Dumb teachers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I didn't understand that. And then, we so uh, Malcolm McDowell is the principal, and Stacy Keach is this CEO of this. You know, he's this evil CEO, and they have a stat. We I think we find this in the opening crawl thing that they have established a Department of Education Defense. Right. So, and this 
Stacy Keach is this uh, corporation and they have made three robots, robot teachers to put in the school. And at one point they refer to them as androids and my sci-fi uh, understanding is a little bit cloudy. I don't, I'm not sure what the difference is between an android and a robot. And I know a cyborg is part human, right? Right. But what is an android versus a robot? Is there any uh, difference? Look it, look it up real quick. I, I so, don't know. So, but, so they, we have these three androids and one is Pam Greer. Yeah, they're basically Terminators, but it's not mm -hmm. like living tissue. The Terminator was technically kind of a cyborg because it was human tissue grown mm -hmm. over a robot to fool the dogs, right? That was the idea is that the mm -hmm. dogs wouldn't smell them if they smelled human. In this case, there's one guy when they are sort of showing them off in the scene like Robocop when they add 209, he's like introducing the teachers the wrestling teacher kind of grabs his upper lip and, you know, it shows his robotic face. So it's just like a, it's just like a rubber skin suit. They look mm -hmm. like people like the kids. It takes them a long time to figure out they're not human. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm splitting hairs proceed. But so that was my thing that I was, I didn't really exactly understand. So you have Pat, Pam Greer is one of the teachers and then you have this gym teacher guy who's, you know, just looks like a military guy and he's probably like 30 years old. And then you have this old teacher who's like 60 and balding. And I was just like, why exactly? So that I was a little bit confused there. I wondered, I wasn't sure if they took actual humans and then converted them into these robots because it was like, why would you make a 60 year old balding robot? What, I guess oh, just, just to be undetected, just to look the part of a teacher, right? Okay. He's the history teacher. So it's like they, yeah, but he smokes a pipe, right? <laughs> it's like, why he is just, a robot smoking a pipe? And he wears a blazer and he just <laughs> yeah. looks like, you know, this is the new history teacher. And then she's the chemistry teacher. And then the other okay. guy's the gym teacher and the wrestling coach. Yeah. But I, I, guess... I didn't feel like they were all different models. They were all, more or less yeah. the same robot but they just have different masks on basically to yeah i guess they had to make them seem believable to the kids or whatever but. yeah and what we learn is that these are military units that he has repurposed with a kind of an educational programming to like make decisions in real time and that initially looks promising but that programming starts to break down and the robots start to view the kids as enemy combatants. And so they kind of go on the war path, but they literally mm. not kind of, they literally go on the war path yeah. because our hero, Corey, what's his face um, kind of catches on. I mean, he witnesses them being overly brutal to one of his friends and starts to think that something's not right. And he tries to get his girlfriend, who is the daughter of the principal, mm -hmm. to believe him and nobody believes him. It's very formulaic along those lines. Um, I don't know. And Malcolm I, McDowell is, it? go ahead, sorry. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell for once is not playing the monster. He seems like a relatively decent guy. He's concerned about the kids. They're, you know, once he's, puts his foot down near the end, they kill him. The robots kind of crush his throat. Um, but, you know, his only, his worst thing is just kind of, 
the the accusations are unbelievable. It's like they're not real. You know, they're they're killing kids, and you're like, for a while they're kind of covering it up. Like one of the kids, they make it look like he OD'd on drugs, and one of the kids had a weapon. Like what came walking up with a a pistol. So they're like, it was self defense. You know, so he's. It's not like he's on Stacy Keach's team. You know, he wants this to work, but at a certain point it comes undeniable. And he's like, this can't continue. And when he tries to shut it down, they kill him. So I'm used to seeing Malcolm McDowell be the bad guy. Yeah. And he's actually, and I feel like, this. I feel like Malcolm McDowell makes everything, every movie better basically, but he doesn't yeah. have a whole lot to do here, yeah. unfortunately. And he's not even like the principal in class, the principal in class of 1984 has this disdain for the, he hates the kids. Yeah. And, and Malcolm McDowell's character is not like that. He, it's like they have all these problems and it's, you know, things have moved way beyond the class of 1984 where it's just total lawlessness, except for they go to class. Um, yeah. It doesn't Malcolm feel Dowell, anymore. It actually feels less lawless in the school. Right. Yeah. It's a way lot more lawless outside, but once they're in the school, yeah, there's a guy shaking down another kid in the classroom, but we don't have all the shots in the hall of the drug dealing, no attempted rape and all of this. Yeah, stuff. they're actually I say that take that back. There is an attempted rape on school grounds, but. Um, but the first movie went out of its way to show that these halls are chaos. These halls don't feel nearly as chaotic, uh, but the certainly outside of the school does and oh, yeah. i don't know how that um logic works excuse me while i pour myself a different beverage i'm starting with coffee and i'm moving on to ale yeah and they uh um now nah, i forget where i was going with this but but yeah it doesn't in a way it doesn't seem as bad as the 1984 um uh, the class of 1984 school, because like you said, there's no drug dealing or any of that. And you almost get to a point where the, um, the kids are really, really bad. I mean, they're doing the gang member kids are doing really bad things, but these robots just start killing them. <laughs> and so they're like scared to death that all the kids are just like, as you can imagine, if, they keep coming to kid, school. Why? I don't. Yeah. I just. Why these kids even like things have gotten so bad? So why are they even in school? Like, there's no. They don't. It's not like they're going to graduate and get a degree and clean up their act. They're gangbangers already. And they're, you know, we don't see anything where there's any kind of like a truant officer or anything like that. Where it's like if they didn't go to school, like somebody's going to come after them and be like, "Hey, you got to be in school." Um, but and you wouldn't keep a school in the middle of an, a free fire zone. You just mm -hmm. wouldn't. You'd say, okay, there's some statistic that it flashes up on the screen that of like the population of 3,000 students or something like 2,000 are active gang members and 1,000 are civilians. And you'd be like, you would just start a school in a safe area for the kids who wanted to learn and, and mm -hmm. then... Those areas full of kids that didn't want to learn or were actively violent would become war zones, basically. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't keep a school in it. Well, they need to learn. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's absurd. It's, but, yeah. but that's a pill you have to swallow right at the top. And, you know, and once you go like, okay, 
I mean, this movie is not trying to sell itself as realism. So no, no, for sure. And we get later in the movie. So the, the, the poor man's Corey Feldman guy is part of a gang. And then, and then there are the, the razor heads are his rivals, right? They're the rival gang. Is that right? right? He's not in the razor heads. It's the sharks and the jets. (laughs) Yeah. So they have a big battle at one point. And this is so poorly staged that you can't tell who's fighting who. I didn't feel like. And it reminded me of when we used to do, not saying we did a horrible job with it necessarily, but when we used to do eight super eight movies, like yes. in your backyard, stuff sure. with our friends. If we were able to do that, but we had explosives, <laughs> that's kind of what because it, it's just like you can't, it's just kids running around. You can't to, tell who's fighting who. And then the robots show up. And are taking them out. And there's actually one of one of the, the best effects, I thought, in it. The old man robot. They're at like a shipyard or something, right? Right. And he's in this building. And he's taking out these different kids. And he's on one side of a wall. And he busts through the wall and grabs this kid and pulls him through. And he just snaps in two like he's hinged. At the middle, he snaps backwards. So his legs go backwards in the upper half. And that was a really, I thought that was a really great effect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once these guys start killing, they don't do a lot of hand-to-hand killing. I mean, they're robots. They So they literally crush the, the principal's throat and mm-hmm. they throw people some. But once they're just openly killing students, I don't know why they wouldn't just, I mean, they just could grab anyone by the throat and crush their throat. Yeah. And there's lots of times they grab people and throw them or shove them or hit them. I'm like, kill him. <laughs> you got to do is, you know, we've established that you can literally snap someone in half. I don't, why would you globally, you're trying to kill these people. Why wouldn't you kill everyone within arm's reach the second they came within arm's reach? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So then the, the and then you gangs... discover they've got weapons, their hands kind of come off and they've got <laughs> yeah. one of them as a rocket launcher. And one of them as sort of a claw with a drill. That's, I don't know who would design that <laughs> grabs a kid by the head with this big three prong claw and a drill comes out of the palm. It's like real slow. <laughs> drills the kid head. Right. Cause that, cause that comes in handy a lot. Uh, handy. And then, uh, yeah, see what it is. And then, but it's very entertaining in the film. Yes, yes. And then there's a flamethrower, of course. There's a flamethrower, and the the two gangs then, of course, have to join forces to go into the school, which they have a rocket launcher to bust through the gate of the school. So they have to go in there because the uh, discount Corey Feldman guy, his the girlfriend at this point her dad has already been killed, but she has been taken hostage. So Corey Feldman has to go in there and he has to join forces with uh, his rival, right. Main Razorhead guy. And so they go in the school and there well, was there's a trick. Really... The robots call like the Terminator and speak in each other's voices and call them out, you know, meet me on the front steps. Oh, there's one mano a mano. So they both show up with their armies of gangs, like literal armies, like hundreds and hundreds of gang members. 
And I don't know how Corey convinces the other guy that it's real, but there's a moment at which he it's indisputable. And they have this moment inside. He's like, I remember in seventh grade, I thought you were pretty, pretty cool. And he's like, yeah. So now they're friends now. Like these are guys they that have, have been a to murder each other the whole yeah, movie. They have a bromance now. And there was a really good line where there was that. And uh, the, I forget which one it's, it says it. I don't know if it's Corey Feldman or the other guy, but he says, um, these things are like a bad fucked up George Jetson nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. Line. Yeah. So here's a, here's a question that I have with this. So, so this was 1990, but 1980s were great. films were so different from today in that if a movie like this were made today, they would be winking at the camera the whole time. Whereas there were, you know, like I was thinking after watching this, I was thinking about, um, you know, eighties, just goofy eighties movies, but that are very earnest. So like one came to mind um, over the top, the Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie. And even as a 12 year old or 13 year old or whatever I was when that came out, I was just like, this is really dumb. You know, a guy travels around <laughs> in his tractor trailer. When he gets really serious, he turns his hat around <laughs> backwards. Hat. That's how you know he's really serious now. <laughs> But he travels around in his tractor trailer and arm wrestles people. And it's not meant to be funny. It's supposed to be serious. And that's what the the 80s, that's how the 80s were. They did stuff like this. And I I think, again, I always come back to cocaine. Everybody was on cocaine, I think. And so with this movie, there are one-liners in it, clearly, because that's what they did, you know, then. But were they... You know, you have these goofy rocks, like it ends with a with a, this overly serious rock song as they're walking away from the burning school and everything. So was this meant to be a corny movie or did they think they were making a Terminator-esque cool movie? I think they thought they were making um, like a, a John Hughes take on the Terminator. Okay. You know, it's the Terminator, but it's high school. Don't you forget about me. <laughs> you know, yeah. we mm-hmm. killed the bots. My love you, baby. Now, you know, I mean, it, it was just, it was the 80s, man. Mm-hmm. I think it was about everything being as cool as it could possibly be. And logic didn't really figure into it. Yeah. But, you know, they, they had a lot of fun, practical animatronics. Um, you know, once the things start to break down, there's just like, the, you know, the eyes rolling around and the jaw working. And so that's when it gets very Terminator. It's, yes. very, it's just like they're just clearly cribbing yes. from Terminator. Oh, yes. And you even have the, uh, you know, the effects aren't great, but you have there's one where the. It's, so it's the gym teacher that has become kind of the Terminator now because his skin's off and everything. And there's a part where the robot is walking down the hall and it very, very Terminator-esque. And it's you can tell that it's stop motion, you know, which stop motion will never be used again ex- and except to be corny, I guess, because there's so much in this movie that 
if they made it now it would be CG. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but I do. And it love, would lose a lot of the charm. I do love stop motion. And I, I don't do know too. if that's just me dating my, but those Harryhausen movies, clash of the Titans, you know, and even like the empire strikes back with the Tauntauns, you know, they were stop motion and the original Terminator, when the Terminator is like, go, that was stop motion. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we did clash of the Titans, right? Did we do Clash of the Titans? No, we haven't done Clash of the Titans. We should, though. We got to do it. haven't seen it in forever. That's a classic, man. Yeah. Um, I actually just watched that, not too. Mm. I'm sure that we talked about it because I, within the past two years, I think we've brought it up, but we haven't watched watched it for the show. I don't know. I just on a whim, I watched it and I was like, Did you watch it by yourself or did your, your kids watch it? No, I would just watch it by myself. Okay. Because, you know, that was a movie that I saw as a small child. So I wonder yeah. what kids would think today if they'd just be like, this is goofy. I don't know. The stop motion in that is really, I mean, it's art. It's uh, it's clearly stop motion, but it's the same thing like puppets and Muppets. I would rather mm-hmm. see puppet Yoda than CGI Yoda. Well, did you see the the when I, I, I think I only saw the first one. I don't know if I even bothered with the second one. But the I don't know how long it's been now, 10 years, 15 years when they did the uh, the new Clash of the Titans with Liam Neeson. The big thing that came out of that is release the Kraken. Yes, exactly. Uh, And it's terrible. It's awful. His blinding armor. Yeah. And one of my. um, Yes, I I forget so much of that movie, but I do remember when he goes forgettable to fight Medusa. And I remember thinking that's one of my favorite parts of the original one. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he goes into the Gorgon's lair because that just struck terror into me as a kid. That, that scared the hell out of me as a kid. Snake that and, and, and it's all stop motion. And just even the shadow, even her shadow and the snake hair is stop motion. Like, yeah. you know, the, the shadow, it's just, We've got it. We've got to do it. I mean, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. We both love it, but it's a it's a classic. So There's how does that hold up now? The uh, the the Medusa part. I just think it's a great movie. I think mm-hmm. it's a really beautifully told. Um, well, we should do it and we should talk yeah. about it because sure. there's a lot in it. that I remember the stop motion stuff. And what I didn't remember about it was stuff that as a kid would have gone right over my head. Some of the directorial choices about style and casting. I mean, there's a whole bunch of the British, excuse me, uh, you know, uh, knights and dames that are now, you know, our grandparents age that were younger than we are when they were making Mm -hmm. it playing the gods and stuff. And I just think that's really interesting. Zeus is uh, (laughs) Lawrence Olivier. Oh, wow. Uh, I only remember uh, Harry Hamlin. That's the only that's the only person I remember. Yeah. The actual actor. From yeah. It. No, no, we, we should oh. do it. And now we're, and we're that, not ta- we're talking about it now instead of the other. Yeah, thing, but it's, we should definitely do that one. OK. Um, so what else about this? Uh, how long? I don't even know how long we've been talking here. Um, shall we just I, would you recommend it? Absolutely. I did. Too. It is. I. This is a a perfect example of when people talk about so bad, it's good. It's a terrible movie. It's It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. 
you know, it's ridiculous. All the characters are ridiculous. Everything about it is asinine, but it's very entertaining. And I just laughed all the way through it. There's never, you know, some of these, (laughs) some of these older movies, you watch the trailer and you think like, for example, we're trying to, and if anybody watching this or listening knows where we can find a stream for uh, Food of the Gods 2. This is a movie that we really want to watch. We can't find it anywhere. The trailer looks, well, and I, I just sent you a clip Bonkers. that looks fantastic. But some of these movies, you know, they don't live up to your expectation. They turn out to be boring. Right. Um, this movie is not. It's entertaining throughout, I, I, I felt. Um, so I was, and this is a great movie. Again, you know, we get into some pretty obscure stuff and neither of us had even heard of this movie, right? right. This, it's kind of like uh, The Wraith that we did. That was our very first episode. I so remember yeah. on that one saying, how have I never heard of this before? Yeah. yeah. Now The Wraith, I mean, I was aware of, but this one I had I'd never, although I'd never seen it, but I, this one I was not aware of at all. And this would be a, a fantastic movie to just put on, at a party or with a group of friends and everybody's drinking and you're just like, what the hell is this? I mean, yeah. what does this, you know, what Absolutely. does this mean? So yeah, if, I, if, I highly if recommend it. you and I it. were sitting around one night with some beers watching it, it's the kind of thing that, you know, you could tune in and out of it, but it'll grab your attention back when it gets to good stuff. You know, I didn't, I didn't lose my attention watching it solo though. I, I didn't find it boring. I didn't, you know, there's just some, in between hot spots, you appreciate different stuff. Like maybe you're appreciating the music here or the wardrobe there or that particular acting style here or the way that this teenage boy in the 1990s projection of 1999 is talking to this teenage girl. She's clearly the principal's daughter from a wealthy neighborhood. And he's the bad kid from the bad side of the tracks doing his Corey Haim impersonation. Oh, it's just solid gold. Solid garbage gold. <laughs> and this is a movie that I'm sure probably played on the movie channels a bunch back then. And somehow I missed it, but this would have been a movie that I would have, that I, I probably would have watched over and over again in 1990, you know, if it had been on HBO or, or whatever, because it's just that kind of thing where I, I feel like it would have pretty good replay value. I will admit that when I was watching this, I was watching it late at night and I had to watch it. I kept falling asleep at the end. So, and it's, it's not a, a, uh, a commentary on the film itself. I was just always watching it late and I would always fall asleep like the last 10 minutes. So I had to watch it like three times to get the, to see, cause I was like, I'd get to the next day and I'd be like, what happened to Stacy Keach? I don't, is he a robot? Is he not a robot? But it, this is on, I don't know if this is where you watched it or not, but it's on Tubi, uh, T-U-B-I. So you can watch Actually, it for... F- I paid money for it. Oh, okay. Uh, you okay. told me that, and I, I just don't like those commercials cutting. Yeah, out. the commercials suck. I mean, but... Uh, no, I but rented yeah, it, was, it on Amazon, but I think you yeah. can also rent it on Apple. It's, it's, and it's it, $3.99. I was kind of like... But on Tubi, it looked it looked good. I thought, you know, it's not, and that's I, I keep talking about this every week. But some of these obscure old movies 
have pretty good prints, you yeah. know, and you're watching them on a big TV and they look, they look nice. So, so yeah, I would highly recommend this. This is a, it's a 5.9 on IMDb, which I think is a pretty good rating, you know, for it. So more than fair. Yeah. So other people seem to appreciate it, you know, for what it is. I, and this isn't an, an impossible question to answer, but if we had watched this in high school, do you think we would have just been like, this is a really dumb movie or would we have thought it was kind of cool? Or what do you think we would have thought of it then? No, I feel like my tastes in this regard have changed as I've gotten older. Cause there's a big nostalgia factor to me for movies like this. Yeah. And the yeah, rage, absolutely. Where it's like back when I remember that, like, and I, I feathered hair parted down the middle, gold chain, you know, shirt unbuttoned three buttons. It was like, I don't care about anything. That's how cool I am. You know, mm -hmm. this is the attitude of like cool, this con idea of what cool was taken to the nth degree of disaffected, you know, and the bad guys were all these rich kids were like just cruel, like overtly cruel people and could only mm -hmm. find happiness through demeaning others. I think looking back on this stuff now, I enjoy it more because I care less. And when I was younger, I wanted to see really good movies. Like the Terminator was awesome. Yeah. Terminator is awesome. So, I mean, that's the kind of standard I would have looked at this and I've been like, such a Terminator knockoff. Like it's trying to be the term that would have really, I would have had trouble getting past that. I think when I was a kid, probably but yeah. now i'm just like this is great like this is just yeah. this is just baloney uh <laughs> just ridiculous and it was and, and then i could have fun with it and there was so much of this in the 80s and 90s just this cheesy stuff you know yeah. um that you know we it's hard to say may or may not have meant have been meant to be cheesy yeah. Um, and this was a year before, I think, or maybe two years. I, mean, I don't remember if uh, Terminator 2 was 91 or 92. Um, but at any rate, I, this was definitely before Terminator 2. And, you know, that kind of elevated things, you know, even even further. Yeah. Um, even though I, it's it's hard for me to separate the original Terminator and Terminator 2, they're very different movies, but I love both of them. Well, he had a budget, a totally different budget for Terminator 2, too. Terminator right. 1, I think, I don't remember what the budget for that one was, but it was almost an independent film. I mean, it yeah. was, there isn't really, there's there's makeup, practical makeup effects on him throughout. And, and not until the end when this flesh burns off of him, is it this there's a little animatronic hand action like they clearly built the robot but a lot of it is stop motion and and it's a very brief thing at the end you don't see a lot of that effect mm -hmm. great movie um, oh, yeah. and then in t2 you have that liquid metal thing and you've got a lot more cgi i remember go back and watch it now that liquid metal looks awful it looks terrible but i remember viscerally watching it in the theater being like that looks amazing mm -hmm. it's a man made out of liquid metal you know yeah yeah for sure and like you said um i definitely I, you know i guess you just mellow with age 
you know, I had back then very strong opinions about movies and it's even now the remakes and everything and the reboots and the, the prequels and the backstories and all, I just don't really care anymore. You know, it, it, 20 years ago, I would have been mad that it's like, oh, they're remaking X, Y, or Z. And now it's just like, you still have the original. If the remake comes out and it's bad, who cares? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and and or, we're definitely at this point where everything that we ever enjoyed is going to be remade or rebooted the or Matrix, sequelized. Re- yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to go and see it. I mean, I'll sure. watch it for sure. We'll cover it on the show probably. Sure. I mean, I you hope know. it's good. And if it sucks, the original one's still great. You know, I'm not particularly expecting it to be good, but yeah, it could might be. Yeah. So speaking of that, so we, I don't know, uh, not sure what time it was exactly when we started. I don't, I don't think we've hit an hour, but did you watch anything else recently that was good or not good? Or indifferent movie wise, I haven't been, I haven't been watching as much. I normally watch it late at night and I mm. haven't been watching as much late night TV recently. Um, I've been watching series. So I'm watching the series um, succession on HBO, which season three is now finally came out in the start. So what's really, that about? That's about um, a media family you know, sort of think um, Rupert Murdoch. Okay. Of of like a, just a massive media family. That, and then it's the father and it's kind of King Lear. There's a father and three or four kids and they all basically want to take over as CEO. And that's kind of it. It's just the machinations of this, of him playing them off each other. And I don't know, it doesn't sound very exciting in description. It's comedy but it is jet pitch black comedy. I mean, they're so mean to each other. Uh, I like dark comedy. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it, except by season three, it is really firing on all cylinders. You're invested in these characters now. The actors know who these characters are. Getting through two seasons is a big ask. That's not the case here. I think if you watched the pilot and you thought, well, that was pretty good then it's worth sticking with it. And if you watch the pilot and you go, yeah, then maybe it's not your cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been watching that and I am still gradually making my way through the Apple TV, uh, Jason Momoa C, oh, yeah, yeah. which yeah, we has about finished that. its season. I just have it like, I have to kind of be in the mood. Mm-hmm. You have to be kind of in the mood to wade into that world. Um, so, and I'm, I sort of savor it. I don't binge it because there's, it's just a lot and it's visually very rich. Um, and other than that, I watch the movies that we're going to do. So I don't, what about you? Do you have stuff that you've. Not really. I can't really think of anything that I have watched re- recently that I that I think is really worthy of talking about. I, but there are things that I'm anticipating. So um, there's so by the time this episode goes up, it will already have started. Probably there's a Blade Runner animated series coming to Adult Swim. Yeah. And I think that's going I'm not a big fan of computer animation and it's computer animation. I, w- I would prefer it were traditional animation, but I pretty much love anything Blade Runner related. So I'm pretty yeah. excited for that. Another um, 
Have you watched, uh, so they, they released the, the trailer for the third season of Atlanta. Have you watched Atlanta? No. The Donald Glover show? No, but show? I'm a fan of his. I just, there was so much coming out all at the same time. It's great, huh? Everybody I would. It's great. It is fantastic. And it's, so it's really kind of my wheelhouse because the, for series, what I really like is kind of comedy drama. So like Fleabag, I and mean, we talked about Fleabag before. That's kind of my, because uh, I believe, I could be wrong with this because it's been a while since I watched the, the first two seasons, but Atlanta, I think they're just half hour episodes. So you can really burn, you know, it's a, it's a show that you can binge. But yeah, if you like Donald Glover and it's not what you, it's not what you're going to expect. I don't think it goes in some really interesting directions, but it's, it's great. I, so I'm very excited about that, that it's I coming back. I highly, I highly recommend that you check I that out. I did think of something else. I watched Neil Blomkamp's. Did we already talk about this? In the yeah, show? we talked about that. Yeah, the short films. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's a little bit like somebody went in and swept up a bunch of stuff from the cutting room floor. Uh, mm -hmm. There's not a lot of cohesive whatever, but I really like his vision generally. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're bored and you want, you're interested, you should check out some of that. It's all over the place. Yeah. Um, there's some weird darkly comic stuff and then there's some very, you know, uh, core sci-fi and then there's some stuff in between and it's and you know that reminds me i never did get, I, I i this is something i should just watch this weekend just binge them but uh because i like the first season so much but i never did watch and I've, I've not yet watched the second season of love death and robots oh um it was I, good you know, I, I, I didn't like the first season a lot yeah i mean if you like the first season it's worth checking out the second season i couldn't i don't remember a lot of the second season if that tells you anything i remember thinking oh this is interesting but i i thought the first season was really engaging and the second season was i don't want to sound too disparaging but i don't remember a lot of the second season i remember yeah you know not thinking like this sucks as i was watching it i watched it i binged right straight through it i think but um, it didn't feel as it felt like kind of more of the same. Like maybe mm -hmm. they wrote 12 songs and the first season was six. And then the second season was the B sides is sort of what it yeah. felt like. Yeah. I've, I've heard that a lot. Um, so yeah, but, but um, definitely back to Atlanta for a moment. I just highly recommend it. And it has, um, uh, I don't know if you know who Lakeith Stanfield is, but he's he gets in a lot of stuff, so you'd recognize him. Yeah, and then it also nice has name. it also he's a really great actor, and it also has um, Zazie Beetz is his girl is Donald Glover's girlfriend, and she was in. Did you see um, Deadpool two? Yeah. So she's Domino or or whatever oh, yeah. uh, in that. She's great. Just it's it's just such a great show. It's awesome. Um, is Lakeith was he in uh, Six Feet Under? Was he mm -hmm. Michael C. Hall? My, Michael C. Hall's boyfriend in Six Feet Under. If he was, he would have been really young because. Let me uh maybe that's Keith David. 
Yeah, it might be Keith David. Um, he was born in 1991. Oh, I don't think that would have been. He so, yeah, I think he's probably too young. But he's really come on. He's in Knives Out. Um, he did a really a pretty good movie called Sorry to Bother You a couple of years ago. Um, he's a voice on jo BoJack Horseman. I didn't know that. Um He's been in a bunch. He's been in a bunch of. He's in Get Out. Did you see Get Out? I haven't. I can't oh. believe I haven't, but I haven't. Um, I feel like I have. I know so much about it now. He's in. There was a movie called Dope in 2015 that he was in that was really uh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I don't remember exactly. He's not the main guy. Um, I don't remember what exactly what his character is. We should watch Get Out sometime. Yeah, I because um, I I can't believe that I haven't seen that. Yeah. Either. Anyway, he's he's really great. You you recognize him, and he's just his character is just awesome. He's just a super interesting, just very strange character. And kind of you're introduced him to him in the beginning, and you kind of think one thing about him, and then as evolve, he kind of evolves as the show goes along. So it's, I think I think you would be really into it. It's just um, kind of. It's, I don't even know what genre you would say it, it is exactly. He, Donald Glover does a lot of different stuff with it. So it's, it's a cool show. Cool. Yeah. Um, I've, so, I've heard that many times. Um, I, I've heard that, you know, I've read critical raves. I've heard other people say it. So I will check that out. What friends kept trying to get me to watch it. And I was just kind of like, I don't know. If, and they're just, they're like, you're going to really like this show. And I, was like, I don't know. And then I watched it. I was like, wow, I loved, I, I binged through it, you know, pretty fast. Yeah. So, um, so is our plan for next week to do Crimson Peak? Yes. Crimson okay. Peak. Um, Guillermo del Toro's ghost story, haunted house story. Mm-hmm. I, I that looks great and I'm a fan of his so I think that'll be really exciting. All-star cast as well. Absolutely. Um terrific. Uh yeah, I highly recommend uh, Class of 1999. Yeah. It was just super tremendously fun. fun. Yeah. Um <laughs> great. So, uh Crimson Peak for next time, Chris and Chris Talk Movies at gmail.com, all the socials blah blah blue. If you're watching this on uh YouTube, please subscribe. Um Leave us comments, suggestions, um, you know, all the good things that people do on social media. Exactly. Um, and unless, do you have anything else to add before we sign off? Nope. We'll Great. say sayonara. Me neither. Sayonara. We will talk to you next week.